Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, if you can turn on to Genesis chapter 34, and uh, last week, we saw uh, a very, honestly, just a very vile act happen in, in our story. And uh, Jacob's daughter was defiled. And it, it was uh, something, if you're a dad, if you're a, a husband, if you're a, 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 a real man at all, uh, to hear something like this uh, is just a gut punch. It's just, it's just heart-wrenching. You can uh, n- never want to wish this on your worst enemy uh, as far as what happened to him. And so... And what happened to her. And so we, we saw this uh, in this land that they had come to. Remember, uh, they had, uh, Jacob had made uh, amends with his brother, and, but they had gone kind of their separate ways. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, the thing that we saw out of that lesson in, 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 in our study was that we have to always be ready for the destroyer after the, the, the dedication. As soon as we dedicate something to God, as soon as we make a recommitment, as soon as we make a commitment, as soon as we, you know, we have on our prayer list to be praying for our new members, and we just had uh, uh, two families complete our new members class again, and I'll put a plug in here. If you're thinking about membership, come to our new members class, because that's how you're going to find out, and that's what, the, the path you've got to go through uh, to, to be a member. We're going to be baptizing two of them, and uh, excited about that. Um, but we pray for our new members because we know, I know, and, and been in ministry uh, as long as I have, I, I've, you see it over and over, you experience it over and over and over, that as soon as you make a commitment to God, as soon as you dedicate yourself, okay, we're going to join this church, okay, we're going to follow Christ, okay, I'm going to recommit my life to Christ, okay, I'm going to start reading my Bible, I'm going to start being faithful in prayer, I'm going to get into a good study, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, here he comes, yes. he's coming. Yes. You know, hey, me and my family, my, my, my wife and I, we're going to be dedicated to this. We're going to start giving. We're going to start serving. We're going to start doing this. Start making a dedication to God. The destroyer's coming. Yes. He's going to try to knock you off. That is ultimately going to try to take you down and render you ineffective in the kingdom of God. Amen. That's what his desire is. Um, and, you know, I, I, I shared that he uses many means. He'll, he'll try to strike fear. Uh, even hearing something like this, well, if I make a dedication to God, the enemy's going to come after me. Well, then I just want, no, that's the enemy's ploy. That's right. Don't do that because I'll come and mess your life up. And, and, and so the enemy wants us to think, well, if I make a commitment to God, then, then he's going to come after me. And I don't want him to mess with my comfort. I don't want him to mess with my family. I don't want him to mess with my life. And so, again, fear can sometimes be that tool that he employs to keep us from being dedicated in a right thing. Another thing that he'll, he'll, he'll bring at us is guilt. Uh, many of you have experienced that. I know I've experienced it in my life as a Christian. You, you, you say, you know what? I want to I do this for God. I, I really want to do this. And one of the very first things that he tries to start throwing at you are darts of guilt. Right. Well, if anybody found out about this, would anybody want to come to your class? Would anybody wanna, want you to be serving like, well, well it, man, and all of a sudden, these, 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 something maybe you've already repented of, and you've asked God forgiveness, and he's forgiven you, and, and, and it's not conviction because you've made it right with God. It's just this guilt that's coming over. He's trying to bring out the, the dirt and the junk of your past and try to keep you from being dedicated in the right cause. He'll use guilt. He, he is, he, he's ruthless. He doesn't care. I'll talk about that in a second as well, but he'll use discouragement. 
you know, why, why isn't anybody else wanting to do this? Why isn't anybody else part of this? Well, I think this is important for us to do. Uh, the pastor's talking about this. The leadership's talking. Why aren't we doing this? And, and again, he'll use that. or use distraction. He'll use depression. Uh, again, as Brother Nosh said, you go through different things, and all of a sudden you start focusing on all your problems. And the next thing you know, you don't want to get out of your house. You don't want to turn the lights on. You don't want to, you don't want to do anything but just sit in your jammies and be alone in the dark. That's depression. So I, 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 don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to be connected to people. That's, the enemy is trying to keep you in that dark, low place, disconnected from the health of the body, the community of believers, so that you can do what God's called you to do and be a part of what God's called you to be a part. So he'll, he'll use depression. He'll use destruction. He'll try to tear, tear down your health, your family, your job, your, your, your thoughts. He'll do anything he can do to keep you from doing what God's called you to do and, and, and what he's called you to be a part of. His goal ultimately is to get our eyes off of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what it is. Again, what Brother Nosh shared, when, when we praise our eyes, our thoughts, our hearts, everything, if, if it's right praise, if it's complete praise, all of it goes to Jesus Christ. And so if Satan can keep us from keeping our eyes on Christ, he knows that he can get us to fall for anything. Satan's uh, attempt at, at Eve was an attack on God's word to get her eyes off of what God had said. He caused her to doubt what God has said. Has God truly said, are you really going to die? And as soon as she started focusing on the distraction, as soon as she started uh, uh, focusing on what he was trying to destroy her with, she fell. She, she heard from God himself. It was clear in God's word. There were no confusions there. But the enemy comes after her, and he caused her to take her eyes off of what God had said and who God was and, and, and what his righteous demands were. She took her eyes off and saw, and she fell. Satan's still doing the same thing, exact, exact same thing today. And so um, I want to pray, and I want to move forward, and, and we'll get one more point this morning. I'm going to try to hurry through uh, because I don't want uh, I, I, I to be pressured. I don't want to put pressure on myself or, or by time. Uh, but we've, we've got a lot of exciting, again, we've got baptism uh, tonight. And I want you to come back tonight. I don't want to keep you so long. You're like, man, I've had enough church today. Don't, don't. So I want you to come back tonight and uh, be a part of our missions emphasis. So let's pray and we'll get into this. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for, again, the opportunity to gather as your people. Lord, we realize... Uh, Lord, if this is a struggle for us now, we're really going to have a problem in heaven uh, one day. Lord, we realize this is such a, a gift that you've given to us. Uh, and it's not, a, it's not a, a labor, it's not a problem uh, to gather with your people to focus on you. We have so many things in our lives, so much junk in our lives, even so many things that we get ourselves busy with in this life. And to have time set aside uh, throughout the week to, on a Sunday and, and in the middle of the week, is so refreshing, is so encouraging, so uplifting. Lord, it's, it's, it, I believe when our hearts are right, it's exactly what you want it to be. And, um, and so I pray that this service today, as we continue on in worship to you, as we enter into this time of your word, uh, that our lives would just be laid out before you. God, that we would be surrendered to you, that your spirit, again, would have full reign in this service. Lord, I know that, that I'm nothing, n n nobody in here is anything without your grace and without your mercy. Lord, realize that uh, we're, we're all just vessels that you want to use. And so now uh, I just yield myself to you as that. Lord, just use uh, my, my, my life, this vessel, uh, to speak what needs to be spoken to all of us today. Help us to hear your word. Help us to listen to the, the instruction of your spirit. And I pray that we would receive it rightly, that, that those who have ears to hear, uh, 
would hear what the Spirit says. Um, and God, that we would respond rightly. God, help us to have the right response. Help us not to uh, have deaf ears and, 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 and blinded eyes to what you have. Now just move this morning in a great way. God, if there's somebody here that's lost without hope for eternity, they don't know how to get to heaven, they don't really re- understand uh, that there is uh, a free gift available to them uh, that, would help, that, that would get them to heaven, Lord, I, I pray that uh, this morning they would hear the gospel and they would receive that free gift that you've, you've provided to them, that they would turn away from a life of sin and turn to you in faith because of what you've done. And so, Lord, we pray uh, that you'd move in every heart and every life today. And we praise you for it all. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So in our study, again, um, Jacob has told Esau to basically go up ahead of me. You know, you, you heard it last week again. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a bunch of animals. I've got a bunch of family. You go on ahead, and, and I'll catch up with you. Um, but did Jacob catch up with Esau? No, because the Bible says that he was, Esau was going to Seir, and Jacob uh, landed here in a different land uh, where this def- uh, defiling act happened. And uh, this wasn't the land that he was actually supposed to be going to, uh, if you will. He, he landed in a different place. Seir uh, was what we know and what the Bible has talked about as far as Edom, is is referred to as well and so this is a completely different place i would say jacob was probably wise to avoid edom uh it it was probably a wise thing for him to do there but i don't know that it was wise for him to land here in shechem uh, either um thought is this maybe jacob still struggles with deception you know i mean he tells his his brother go on up ahead and uh, we'll follow behind but again he goes somewhere else he doesn't go to the same place so maybe it is that um, but regardless, Jacob and his family, they're in this foreign land, and to them, it was foreign. It wasn't where they were from. It's not where he got his wife. It's not where all of his, the handmaidens were from. This is a completely different land, and it's not even where they were going, right? This is not even the land that they were going to eventually uh, finally rest in, and so think about that. I think this is a lesson for us to remember in our lives even today before we get to even the, the, the point in the notes, we're foreigners in this land, right? And we, we, we're here. We're settled here. And it's not the ultimate place that we're going to. It's not our final destination. It's just that it wasn't for Jacob and his family. And the reality is this. In this land that's a foreign land to us, terrible things happen to the people of God. That's just the reality. This is not our home. This is a foreign land. And terrible things happen to us even as the people of God. I love that, that song, This World is Not My Home. I'm just passing through. I shared last week, the enemy, he's not looking to give up. The enemy's not looking to give in. He's not looking to, uh, or, or again, when we, we dedicate ourselves, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you more. God, I'm going to get closer to you. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to witness more to you. God, I'm going to be a, a more faithful church member. I'm, I'm going to be a servant of, of the Most High. Satan doesn't look at that, or if we dedicate a certain place or dedicate a season of our life or anything like that. Let's not be naive to think that he's going to just give us a pass when we let down our spiritual guards, right? Let's not think that Satan's like that. Let's not think that he, he has a, 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 even a, a similar heart as ours. Let's not think that, that when Satan sees us go, God... 
me and my house, we're going to serve you. We're dedicating ourselves. We, we are going to be faithful to you, faithful to your call, faithful to your church, faith, faithful to, to everything you, you have called us to be. Let's not think that, that when we let down that guard in that, that Satan goes, aww. Doesn't, I'm going to think, I shared this in our staff meeting this last Thursday. I told him I was going to talk about it today. Satan's not like, uh, uh, you know, if you see, I've talked about the, 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 um, the National Geographic channel before, right? And, and sometimes the, the, the lion and the predators, that's some gruesome stuff when they show all the stuff, right? And I, I've never seen, and nor is it a reality, okay, uh, that you have a lion lurking in the willows around a pond, and you have this little gazelle on the other side of the pond who may have been injured and may have separated itself from the herd, right? It's injured, it's away from the herd, the herd's moving on, away from the predators, and the, 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 the little gazelle says, well, I'll probably be able to, to, to survive by myself instead of trying to stay with the herd, I'm going to go over here and lick my wounds by myself. You getting any analogy here? What happens sometimes? We get injured, we get hurt, something happens to us in our, in our, in our life, and, and all of a sudden, we'll, well, I, I, I'll probably be able to get through this, this, this time of hurt better than if I stay with the herd. I can deal with it probably better on my own than I can with the herd. So Satan, as a, the Bible says, a roaring lion, he doesn't, no lion ever sees that gazelle across the pond in the willows as he's lurking and, and sees the, the gazelle limping along and frequently putting its head down in the tall grass, completely oblivious, letting its guard down, completely oblivious that there is a lion looking to destroy it. That lion doesn't go, oh, sweet little gazelle not even paying attention, doesn't even realize I could just eat it like that. I'll let him go. Go ahead. If you don't even know, I'll give you a pass this time. That lion does not think like that, work like that. And the Bible says that Satan, as a roaring lion, is seeking whom he may devour. It doesn't say that he's, he's looking, and when he is touched in his heart, he lets people pass. He doesn't say that. It says that he's looking to destroy it says that he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his plan. He has no compassion for you and I. And so when we go through difficult times, when we get hurt, when things go on, or, or, or maybe if we get oblivious in our comfort, look at all the tall grass around me. My life is so comfortable. It's amazing. I'm going to stick my head in the grass. God is blessing me. There's, there's grass all around. Satan doesn't go, Oh. Because that's right. Look at all the tall grass. Stick your head in it. Look, there's more tall grass over here. Look, look, even over here, there's tall and even greener grass over here. The enemy loves to try to paint that picture for us. And you know what happens? Sometimes we go prancing along to the taller grass and the greener grass and stick our heads right down in it. Yes, we do. Because I love comfort, and I love blessings, 
and I love the easy life, and I, and I want everything good, and I want everything my way, and I, and I like it like that. And Satan says, yeah, come on over. And then he totally is relentless as he unleashes his vicious attacks on our lives. He cares not. And he doesn't care about if we've had enough or if he thinks that we've, we've taken our limit and, and he's going to move on to the next person. Satan, again, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. There's two, two instances uh, that, that one I saw and one I heard about this, this, this past week uh, about vultures eating dead animals. And, and cleaning them, we're just wiping them clean. But you know what? Most of the time, that's what lions do as well. It's just, they, 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 they eat it all. I mean, just obliterate. Gone. Satan's not looking to have any type of compassion. The Bible tells us that we're to be sober and vigilant. We are to be always alert and aware Always alert and never afraid, but always alert. Scripture tells us very clearly in the, in the New Testament. You, you follow it all throughout the Scripture. Follow it from Old Testament and New Testament. We are to be connected to the herd. The New Testament, the body. Close connection. Why? Because in close connection of the body, that's where under the lordship of the head of the body, Jesus Christ, the head of the body, there is found protection. Christ isn't head of a body. Christ is head of the body. And if we are members of the body, we are to stay connected to the body. As you see, many people go through trouble. As I said a while ago, they, they find a difficult patch in their life, or maybe they find a really impossible patch. They, they, they face a a, 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 a very extreme circumstance, or maybe it's just a, a season of, 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 of string together uh, events that are just, it's just too hard. And, and again, listen, please listen to these words because it's, 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 it's so true. And if you're not going through it right now, or you haven't gone through it, you're going to go through this. Listen to me. The very first natural, human, fleshly response when we go through this is to disconnect. From the body is to disconnect and pull back from the very source of help and healing and protection and strength the bible says that we can either walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh it's a choice we have we live in these fleshly bodies these earthen vessels paul himself in romans says man i wish i was out of this fleshly body and clothed on with my heavenly body there's so many trials and afflictions, so much struggle so many things that we face in this and so we have to understand that our fleshly tendency is to go away from the things of god that's why we're supposed to mortify the members of our flesh daily the bible says and so our natural human response when we go through anything even when we get great blessings our first human response is a great just go fleshly it takes a spiritual effort to do the spiritual thing it takes spiritual discipline to make a spiritual effort it's so important for us to understand that it's not easy to do spiritual things because we're in fleshly bodies. And so when we go through difficult times, the very first reaction that we have is to do what we want to do. 
what we think is right, what we, want, what we feel we need to do. Oftentimes we need to go the op, running the opposite direction from that to experience true healing, help, and strength, and protection. But that's what Satan plays on. When we go through it, that's what he said, that he tries to do anything and everything he can do, whether it's people around us or circumstances around us. He can't touch our soul. He can't take our salvation away. He can't do any of those things, but he'll try to do everything he can around us to, 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 to help us to go more towards the flesh. I would say that it's even prideful and sinful to pull away from the body of Christ. He said, whoa, what? Yes. You know why? Because it's a prideful, sinful, selfish denial of the truth of what God says in his word and trust that God's way is better. When, when we say, I know what he talks about as far as the church. I know what he said as far as the members and the, and, and the edifying and the building up of, 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 of itself in love and, and the ministering one to another and, 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 and the, the bearing one another's burdens and weeping with them. I know what the Bible says that God wants us to do together, but when I go through my difficult times, it's different than them and I can handle it better. It's saying... In my pride and in my flesh, I know better than what God does. I know better, a better way than God knows. And so that's not how I feel. That's what you're doing, though. That's what we are doing when we do it the fleshly way. When we go through these things. Again, Jacob experienced something great, catastrophic, difficult. And, and, and again, he had, a re, he had a way to respond. And, and again, it's a lesson for us. And we can find ourselves in the same situation. Here I am. I, I've got an opportunity. I see what Scripture says about God. I see what Scripture says about His body. I see what Scripture says about the Scripture. But the reality is I want to be like that gazelle out by myself, licking my wounds my way instead of staying in the herd under the eye of the shepherd. Notice again, I said the natural, fleshly, human way. Jesus' invitation is to come to him, all who are weak and heavy laden. That's what Jesus' invitation is. It's to find help in him in the context of the whole. That's what it is. Again, as I said, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. How is, how is the whole going to help that individual or help those individuals if they're not there to help bear, bear the burdens? How is the whole going to weep with them that weep if they're not there? How are, they going to, how are we going to look on every man, not on every man's own things, but also on the things of others if, if, the, if, if those who are hurt are not connected? Remember that sheep, they're not solo animals. Sheep don't wander in isolation, they go in herds together. Their safety, again, is found within the context of the herd. The sheep is found under the watchful, overseeing eye of the good shepherd. That's, that's the context that we see in Scripture. And so as we look to our, 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 our Scripture this morning, I, I want you to remember that. 
This is what they were facing. This is what uh, Jacob was, was dealing with. Uh, he just made a dedication. The destroyer comes. And, and, and again, for us today, we have to remember, we've got some responses whenever the destroyer comes after us when we make a dedication. There's some things, some ways that we can respond. And, and this morning, I want to see this other thing that's so important in, in line with this. Uh, because Jacob had an option, and, and so do we when we see this. So verse 8 of chapter 34, and Hamor uh, communed with him, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. I pray you give her him to wife, and make you marriages with us, and give your daughters unto us, and take our daughters unto you, and you shall dwell with us, and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade you therein, and get you possessions therein. And Shechem said uh, unto her father, uh, unto Jacob, and unto her brethren, to, to you know, um, Dina's brothers, let me find grace in your eyes, and what you shall say unto me, I'll give it. Like, I just want to marry her. I just, we, 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 all of our stuff will be yours, all your stuff will be ours. We'll, we're in, intermingle and intermarry, and, and, and it'll be an amazing time. It'll be an amazing experience. Just, just you, you come and, and join with us. Ask me never so much dowry and gift, and I will give according as you shall say unto me. But give me the damsel to wife. I, I mean, just what you name your price, but I want her to be my wife. Jacob had a choice here. And again, I think it's the same choice that we find after the store comes after us. After we've made the dedication and after we've faced this, this attack from the enemy, I, I believe that he comes in, in a major way. And it's, it, it, you said all through Scripture and all through even the New Testament. You see it in our lives today. Point number two in your notes is this. As number one was always be ready for the destroyer after dedication, number two is this, never be willing to compromise the things of God for the things of this world. Never, ever be willing to compromise the things of God for the things of this world. How often do we do that, though? Even as those of us who say we're the people of God, how often do we do that? And I, don't, I, I know that sometimes people got things uh, to do and stuff, but I want to ask you not to leave. <laughs> I want you to hear this. This is God's word. This is, this is a vital point. Verse 13 says, And the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor's father deceitfully. I wonder where they learned that from. I wonder where, the, where Jacob's sons learned their deceit from. And said, because he had defiled Dina, their sister. Uh, so th this, is, this is the reason. That we're going to take vengeance in our own hands. Again, that's not what God wanted them to do. That's not what's pleasing to God. But again, they had a response. Jacob could have responded. How are they responding? So they're going to answer deceitfully um, because of this, their act, uh, this, his act, that, they, that he, this, this sinful act he committed with Dina, their sister. And they said unto them, we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised. So here's the deal. That's a reproach to us. But here's what we'll do. If you will be as we, we be, that every male of you be circumcised, then we will give our daughters unto you, and we'll take your daughters unto us, and we'll dwell with you, and we'll become one people. And remember, God had already talked about Abraham and his line, Isaac, Jacob, who we're talking about now, it's, they're a people that's unto God, dedicated to God. Again, the, the uh, uh, 
uh, circumcision was given to Abraham, it was to be a, a, an outward sign of them being separated, consecrated unto God, the refuse uh, cut off. And, and so this is who they were. And so they're making this deceitful deal saying, look, okay, here's the deal. We've got a covenant with God, but we'll compromise the things of God if you'll do, if, if you'll do this like this. But if you will not hearken unto us to be circumcised, then we're going to take our daughter and we're going to be gone. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to leave. You're not going to get nothing. I mean, there's, there's no deal. Deal's off. Here's the deal. If you will do this, we got a deal. If you will not, we're moving on. And their words pleased him more, and Shechem, more son. And the young men deferred not to do the thing. They didn't wait because he had delight in Jacob's daughter. And he was more honorable than all the house of his father, which is a sad thing, right? right. He's the one that defiled, and he was the most honorable of all. Okay, well, this is our deal. We're going to do this. So what happens? <laughs> Verse 20. This is a little, look, if you study the Bible long enough, you find a lot of humor in there because we're about to get there. Just hold on. Y'all got the deal, right? Here, here's the deal. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll marry and intermarry and everything. We'll, we'll all have the same community. But we, as, as now the, the, the Israelite nation has become, they're all circumcised. All the males are circumcised. This land that they're in, all the men there, not circumcised. The deal is, if all your males will be circumcised, then we'll be fine. We'll, we'll have this deal. Y'all got it, right? This is not talking about all the baby boys. It's not talking about seven days old, eight days old, exercising this right. This is talking about all of the grown men. You remember who's making this deal for all of the guys? Two guys, right? This is Hamor and Shechem. They're saying, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great deal. While everybody back in the town has no idea what's coming. Just hold on. Verse 20, Hamor and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city, and, and, and they, had a, they had a party. They, they communed with them, the, with the men of their city, saying, these men are peaceable with us. Look, these, this, this group that came out here and this, bought this piece of land outside the city, uh, they're, they're, they're peaceable. Therefore, let them dwell in our land and trade there, and let them come in and out of the city, and, and we're going to have a, a real relationship with them, and, and, and it's no, no big deal. Behold, it's, it's large enough for them. Our, our land's large enough for them, and, and we're going to be able to take their, their daughters for our wives, and and let us give our daughters to them. We were going to have this agreement. We're going to compromise and have this agreement with them. Now, they weren't compromising. It was the, on the other side. Uh, verse 22. Only herein will the men consent unto us for to dwell with us, to be one people. Now, we just read this, right? I mean, we're just reading this. No big deal. It's all part of it. Because we're not in it, right? But I want you to imagine they're sitting down having a meal. And I would imagine that they had some fermented drink in this party, in this communion that they were having. And I would think that Shechem and Hamor were making sure all the guys were very merry of heart by the wine. <laughs> they were making sure that they were a little lowered in, in their inhibitions, their ability to say no. Um, and so they, they're talking and they're having a good time. Hey, there's... This is the sandwich thing, right? We're going to give them a good thing and a bad thing, and then we're going to tell them a good thing again. <laughs> so the good thing is this. Here's the good news. Look, these are cool people. We need to let them come into our city. We're going to have trade. 
hey, I mean, look, I know they got one, but more can come. I mean, they, they got some ladies, more ladies can come, and, and, and we've got ladies, and look, they got guys, and so we, you know, we can have this relationship, and, and it'd be wonderful. Oh, and by the way, um, so what the deal is, is we're going to have to be circumcised. <laughs> now remember, it's all the guys sitting around, sitting around this, this fellowship time. This is how we're going to be one. This is, this is the only, it's still a small thing. The male among us is going to be circumcised just the way they're circumcised. And then they say this, well, shout out their cattle and their substance and every beast of theirs be ours. I mean, think about it, guys. Here comes the good part again, right? Here, here's the good. They just shared the bad. We've got to all get circumcised. But look, look at all the, the, the herds out in the field. I mean, all the cattle and their substance, and it's going to be ours. So let's just consent with them, and they're going to dwell with us. And Hamor and Shechem and his son hearkened all that went out of the gate of the city. And every male was circumcised, all that went out of the gate of the city. And we complain about our government. Right? New law. <laughs> what? Uh, no. Uh, no. Get out. No. Um, listen up, guys. We've got a new policy. No votes. You don't get a say. But it's a good deal. You know? Line up. <laughs> See? It's real. This happened. Uh, I mean, it's making my hands sweaty right now. I mean, <laughs> poor them. <laughs> Woo! Obviously, Dina was special. Obviously. Obviously, the blessings that God had given to Jacob were abundant. I mean, these, these men <laughs> were willing to say, okay, I mean, yeah, that's a lot, and that sounds great. I mean, we're in, you know, I mean, I, 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 it must have been amazing because I'm just thinking about men today, and maybe I'm thinking in the wrong mind, American men, <laughs> but, I mean, because there's overabundance of blessings in our life, but I, I'm thinking, I don't know how many guys were in that line, right? Like, I don't want no good, uh, I don't want any goods, I don't even need a woman. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not getting in line, you know? Again, obviously, they were abundant blessings. But here's the deal. This intermingling would pose a problem for one. And it would provide ammunition and strength to the other. This intermingling, this compromise, would pose a problem for one Jacob and his family. And it would provide ammunition and strength to the other. So it is for our plight today. When we as the people of God consent and concede and compromise the call, the blessing, the uniqueness that God has given to us as his people, when we do that, when we compromise, when we give in, then we face problems and we lose power. It's only in the shadow of God's wings do we have power. It's only in that full submission, in that absolute, complete obedience, do we find this power to face the adversary that's coming out us to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the only place that we find power not to compromise and concede. I want you to know this. While God calls, absolutely. He uses and he sends individuals, absolutely. As I said earlier, he always works 
in the big picture, in the context of community. He's done it from day one when he said these words. It's not good that man should be alone. The whole time, God absolutely sets apart a, a, a man, Moses. He, he, he calls, calls out Paul and, or Saul, absolutely does those things, but it's always in the big picture of community in the context of all. If you look at the word community, that root word is unity, the togetherness. Again, whether it was Abraham and his family, Moses and the children of Israel, the apostles in the church, or us in the New Testament church today as well. God always works that way. Always. The community, the unity within the Godhead should be reflected in the people of God. So when we look at our church, our unity, the strength that we draw from the Lord and the uniqueness that we have as His people, His church, guess what should be clear? The world around us should see this clear distinction in the church from the lost world. A very clear distinction should be seen in our lives from those that are in darkness still. The sad thing and the sad reality today is this. There's an effort by so many that ha in, in the church realm, and it's this. We've got to be like them in order to win them. Right? That was the compromise that, that Jacob and his sons were, were thinking about making, right? Well, we'll just be like them. We'll just share their stuff. We'll have this, this oneness with this, this, this community that's outside of what God has called us to be. And, and, and we'll give a little bit, and they'll give a little bit, and, 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 and it'll all be okay. And that's not what God had called. That's not what he's called today. Scripture gives us a very clear and different picture than what we see even with Jacob and what we see even today inside the church or, or around the church community today. Again, the idea is this. It, we want to be like the world so that the world will want to be like us. We, we want to we be as much as, as, as culturally relevant so that, so that the culture says, hey, that looks cool. Let's be Christians too. That's never what Scripture tells that's never what Scripture commands. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to read several Scriptures, so just follow with me. I'm going to try to wrap this up. It says this, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Walk in, uh, in love, and Christ also has, as he's also loved us. He's given himself as an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. It goes on to list all these things that are in the world that shouldn't be named among us. It says in verse 7, Be not partakers, therefore, with them. Because you were sometimes darkness. You used to live like this. You used to be in darkness, but now you're light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. There's a distinction between those who've encountered Jesus Christ and those who have not. Those of us who have encountered Jesus Christ should remember that we only find our strength and our power in the context of the church, and the church only realizes its power. in its uniqueness found in Christ. That's it. That, that's the difference. For the transformation of our lives, we had a connection with the lostness, the darkness and sin, but now you're light. Why is this problem still a problem today? I can ask our musicians to go ahead and come, but 
Why will we as the people of God compromise and sacrifice the things of God? Why, why, why are we still willing to say, I know what God has said, but I don't know if I need to, or I would rather, why do we still compromise? Here's my, my struggle. Why do we, with the same willingness, why won't we, with the same willingness, sacrifice or compromise the things of the flesh and the world for the things of God. Did you hear what I said? We, we so willingly will compromise the things of God for the things of the world or the things that please our flesh. We do that willingly. But why won't we do that with the same willingness on the opposite side? Why won't we say, no, I'm a child of God. I'm a member of his body. I am a called saint of God, and I will not compromise this. Why can we tell him and his body that we're supposed to be a part of? Why can we say, no, not right now, not this day, not this time, not this service, not this way, because my job or my kids or my hobby or my school or their school or this sport, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't because this. We will tell God and his stuff no, because of all this other stuff, but why won't we with the same readiness and willingness and zeal say, no, not right now, not this day, not this time, not this way, not this service, because my Lord, his kingdom, his plan, his church, his, his worship, his mission is far more important than anything in this world. Why won't we do that? I know some people will, but why as a whole the, the church so willing today to do what Jacob and his family did and compromise and say, ah, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Let's fight the good fight of faith. Let's be those uncompromising children of God in this world. Let's let our distinctiveness, let's let our, our uniqueness set us apart as we obey and submit to the Lord above all. I want to charge you this morning. Let's never be willing to compromise the things of God for the things of this world. Let's be the resolute people of God, determined to be who he's called us to be. Somehow we bought this lie in America. That cultural understanding needs to be cultural relevance and cultural integration. Some claim today the problem with the church is not reaching the lost effectively because there's too much distance and difference between the church and the lost world. Well, the, the church is, is so weird, and, so, and, and I would argue just the opposite. I believe because there's many professing believers, so much like the world, that the distinction and the uniqueness and the light that Christ has given to his bride doesn't radiate the way that it should. So many churches are battling this cool contest and this relevant content, contest. Trying to make the world like a club instead of what it is in Christ. Let's make sure that we're not compromising the things of God for the things of this world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. I pray that you move now. Lord, help us to be your people, uncompromised. Lord, realize that one day we'll stand before you and give an account for what you have blessed us with. And God, in America, you have blessed us with so much. God, we, we get so wrapped up in our own lives, in our own worlds, and in and, and the things of this world. We get so focused on the things that we have to do. And we're so ready to set 
the things that you call us to do aside for those things. God, help us not be like that anymore. Help us to be passionate followers of Jesus Christ. Help us to be that unmovable, unstoppable body filled with your spirit. But that's not compromising one thing for this world. Lord, help us to be that church. Pray that you just move now in Jesus' name.